We should just cue the music. Hello there. I am Iron Man. I am your father. I'm Batman. Why so serious? I know, right? If you think it's nerdy, we got you covered. Tell me, do you play it? Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need answer. Just take my money already! Just do it! I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's so dark! Do you see that from the DC Universe? We know each other! She's a friend from work! We were doing it everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the office. After hours. Over the phone. On the weekend. Get your head out of the gutter. We were talking about comic books, shows, and movies. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So now we bring you Just Another Nerd Show with Jason Whistle and Kevin Hilston. What is up, Nerd Nation? It's time for Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Jay, and on the other microphone is Kev. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, but first things first, Kev, how you doing, man? I'm so good. I'm so... you, you Like, wouldn't you be surprised one of these times if I just went... Man, I'm so shit. Like, I'm just depressed. And just, just, you know what? Just end the show. Like, just suck a fat one. You know, like, no, yeah. Oh, that, that, that'd be like one of these days when you go to a restaurant and you ask for Coke and, like, they say, well, we don't have Coke. Is Pepsi okay? You just want to go, no, no, it's Coke or nothing. Which, by the way, it's Pepsi or nothing. That's the way it actually is. But no, no, everyone knows that no one ever does that. They never push back and go, no, you must have Pepsi. Or I will be unsatisfied. It's Coke or nothing. What does that sound like? A Nick Cage contract negotiation. Uh, It's Coke or nothing. (laughs) Nick freaking Cage. (laughs) You saw that, didn't you? Oh, I loved that movie so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good movie. Good movie. Okay, we have a lot of Marvel news and a lot of Marvel trailers that have dropped uh, over the past week, and we kind of have to start with what came out. I think it was on Monday during the during the NBA conference finals game. Thor: Love and Thunder, the new trailer, finally dropped, and we got our first look of Gore the God Butcher. Kev, your first thoughts when you saw this trailer? Um, it was like overwhelming and underwhelming at the same time. Now, let me back that up before everyone you know mutes me um (laughs) i think it was it was overwhelming the amount of stuff that was thrown at me upon the first viewing i was like oh man this is so cool it's so great then i watch it over and over again you start to notice things right um but underwhelming where i don't know i was slightly underwhelmed at the look of gore i think christian bale's performance is great i think it was a touch lazy though on the look now i could be wrong because after watching it a few times, it looks like there's a bit of a evolution to Gore, like where he kind of starts off a bit more regular person looking and then gets a bit more Gore looking. Um, but I, I just think Christian Bale's going to absolutely kill this role. Um, I told you as well that uh, I, I realized now that a few shots in the trailer, they looked kind of um, off frame. Now, if anyone is in the film industry or enjoys film on the same level that Wiss and I do, you understand that, you know, typically you center the shots on the main subject. There's a shot that's been in both the teaser and the trailer where it's Thor and Korg, and Korg is off to the side on the right, and it just feels like there's something missing on the left side. Now, Marvel has done this before with trailers where they digitally remove something, and it's usually to our benefit, the fans. Um, I think it's missing something and 
I'm kind of glad, but I'm wondering if it's a big reveal. Like, I was thinking Beta Ray. My buddy was thinking Eros, the Harry Styles character from Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who do you think that is, man? Like, th- there's a few shots where somebody's missing. I, I, I'll say right up front that I don't think it's Eros. I really don't. And only because... Yeah. It's a long shot. It's a, it's a very long shot. But I have a feeling that's the kind of character that if they're going to put him into anything in the near future maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That seems to be more the proper vehicle for him. Beta Ray Bill is interesting, though, because we know, or at least we can hypothesize from from the two trailers that have come out now already, that part of the movie is going to take place uh, back on Sakaar. Um, and we know from Thor Ragnarok that on the, the tower that Hulk was living in, uh, there was uh, basically a mold of Beta Ray Bill's head on, on the outside of the tower. So we know that Beta Ray Bill actually exists in, in the MCU, just hasn't been cast. Now, it should be pointed out that obviously anyone who, who is Beta Ray Bill um, probably not going to be on set. There is... If you go to the IMDb website for um for the, the for the movie, okay, there's an actor on there that's listed as rumored, and it's Simon Russell Beale. Now, if you might be a little bit unfamiliar with him, um, very you know, very British actor, very uh, very Shakespearean. He's recently in Operation Mincemeat as Winston Churchill, so that should give you an idea of kind of what you're dealing with, um. But if all he's doing is providing the voice for a Beta Ray Bill, that's a very uh, interesting voice to put in there. And I kind of like it. And we know that it's not like, you know, stage play Odin. Because that's you know Sam Neill is listed as playing Odin because they're gonna they're gonna do another one of those you know how in in Ragnarok you know Loki had this play you know t- telling the tragic story of Loki kind of thing. Um, there's going to be another play in this one sam neill is credited already as playing stage odin so we know that simon russell beale is not that even though he could pull it off very well um i I think what from what i saw in set photos i think it's supposed to be actually this time the tragic story of mjolnir hmm. i i think that they're going hard on that because it would make sense from a story standpoint that they start off with some parody play with melissa mccarthy matt damon uh luke hemsworth like you bring them all back and you do a bit of a play on Hella crushing because we know Melissa McCarthy's playing the theatrical version, or sorry, the theater version of um, Hella. So it would make sense that you show a snippet of her crushing the hammer, and then later on you see Thor kind of reuniting with that broken hammer. Like there is, there's always a reason as to why they show you things in the first 10 minutes of a movie, folks. And I know that sounds really dumb to say out loud now that I'm saying it, (laughs) but I mean, typically stuff that gets shown to you in the first 10 minutes is brought back full in circle. Um, Unless, of course, it's a Sony movie, and then they just give you the entire damn thing in the trailer. Uh, What was the WandaVision theme? We're making it up as we go along. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's literally the story of Sony. (laughs) You know what's funny? I'm glad you brought up Mjolnir, because I I noticed something in watching this trailer. And if you think back to Avengers Endgame, of course, they go back to like the Thor of the Dark World era, and that's where he gets Mjolnir back. But that's before Hela destroyed Mjolnir. If you take a look at the trailer, the Mjolnir that Jane Thorster has, and yes, I'm going to continue to call her Jane Thorster until, you know, for time immemorial, um, 
it's the broken Mjolnir. It's reformed. Like the the cracks are all there. It's it's almost like you know there's a, there's a blue hue in where every crack is. So I'm I'm really curious how that's going to come about because this is clearly the post Ragnarok Mjolnir. Like how how mm. did they how are they able to to piece this back together? Um, super glue. <laughs> no, Gorilla Glue. Much better. Gor- Sorry, Gorilla Glue. Please uh, <laughs> please sponsor the show, Gorilla Glue. Right. Um. <laughs> if, if it's actually Gorilla Glue, A, I'm going to be very impressed, and B, product placement. But And hey. you know it'll be like, it'll be Korg sitting there with the PlayStation remote on the TV, or on the, on the uh, table, and, you know, Fortnite paused, and he's doing Gorilla Glue. It'll be the most pro- product placement thing, with like Deadpool sitting on a on a comforter or something. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's another thing I took away from this specific trailer, less so the teaser, but this trailer specifically, <laughs> there's a moment where I just said to myself, oh boy, Jane won that broke up, or <laughs> won that breakup, <laughs> where he's like, he's like, oh yeah, it's been eight years or six years, eight months and seven days. And she's like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> she has no clue. I'm like, oh God, God she won it. Yeah. She pretty, won the breakup. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I like, though, that um, her hair has gotten a little lighter because in the comics, whenever she channels the power of Thor, um, her hair does get a little bit lighter. It does go a little more blonde. So I like that they're they're keeping her pretty comic accurate for the time being. It is going to be interesting, too. Like, are they going to how much backstory are we going to get on Jane becoming Thor? Is it going to be one of those, you know, I heard it's pretty comic accurate from from people close to the set. It's it's like I mean, not a spoiler, but in the comics, uh, Jane Foster is diagnosed with terminal cancer and through the power of Thor with the lightning coursing through her her veins, um, it starts to burn off the cancer. Having said that, every time she kind of denounces or is not able to channel the power of Thor, if she's away from Mjolnir for too long, the cancer comes back tenfold. Um, So, you know, it's probably going to be a pretty dark beginning for Natalie Portman, but she's going to have the ultimate glow up. Uh, it's it's it is gonna be interesting because you know it looks like you know Thor runs into Jane in the middle of some battle that that looks like it's on Earth because there's cars and fires and houses and all that. So it's, it's very reminiscent <clears throat> of the What If um, Thor episode mm-hmm. with the kind of the not the party in the street, but it just feels similar. I don't know. Like we've got two shots from it from the trailer, but yeah, it feels similar. Um, the you know what the nice thing too is that. It, the problem with Doctor Strange, and you know, this is kind of like on the uh, on the other side of it, is that you know we we and many other podcasts and many other Twitter accounts and every other you know Facebook thing on my feed, uh, it's like you know this number of people are going to be in Doctor Strange. Um, we <laughs> we don't find ourselves really searching for that many cameos in this. I mean, aside from like you know who's who's in the missing space, um, like Beta Ray Bill makes I, I sense. Have- I did hear a rumor that it could be Loki as well. Well, again, that would make sense, though. Like that would yeah, absolutely like a TVA Loki. You save him. You keep him out of the trailers and everything. Or um, if it's all, or if it's Sylvie, ooh, because that's just an easy. You and I have masked things before in Premiere. Like that's that's mm-hmm. such an easy thing. If they film on a blue screen, you just mask the, the Thor part of that of that viz, and then <laughs> that's that. Like it's actually not that hard to send just a Chris Hemsworth off to graphics and crop out the uh, the others but yeah no that'd be interesting Sylvie and Loki yeah they, they, they could I, probably do that at the same time as they blur out his ass because I know, gotta that say happened. that's <laughs> you know we had we had yeah 
<laughs> they, they pixelated his ass. <laughs> which is just hilarious. Which, which, which I that, guess, what are the rules for that? You would have had to have made it a red band trailer if we saw Cheeks? Uh, probably, yeah. Wow. And wow. this would actually be, if memory serves, this, is, this would be our first MCU nudity as well. No, I don't think they show the dong. I don't no, think no, they no, show no, the I'm dong. Not, I'm not going. You know, we're not going to the full Monty here, but even even a, even a butt. This will be the first you, butt we see in the MCU. Are you not counting Icarus's butt? Oh no! Wait, Hulk. We got a full on sex scene. Okay, well, but Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. So we got green butt. Okay, so not the first. Is butt. it sex if they're not people though? Oh. No, it's or is sex. it just if they're robots? Is it just called downloading or uploading? Well, or? well ty- <laughs> <laughs> failure to eject. Uh, like, just, just, <laughs> eject your USB. Uh, is that, eject safely. <laughs> eject safely. Oh, you, you oh really, I ejected. Uh, oh. There, go, there goes your hard drive right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Clearly, we were recording this at night after a long day. <laughs> but it's it, it it is interesting. To, God, we're, it's the we're line that like, got me. No, the line that got me was the "Please eject safely." Please eject safely. <laughs> oh, I ejected. Oh, hard drive ruined. Okay. Uh, so we have Gore the God Butcher though as our, as our main villain in this. Um, oh yeah, there's a movie to talk. about. There's a movie to talk about. <laughs> So it's just bad MCU sex jokes and computer sex jokes. It's all good. Put it in the X drive. No, um, but right. Uh, but we got Gore the God Butcher, and in a lot of the recent entries into Phase Four, you've got a lot of godlike entities. I mean, you, you obviously Moon Knight with all the Egyptian gods. Uh, you've got Zeus now in this. You've got the Eternals who are godlike beings. So um, there's a lot for Gore to kind of have at at this one. You just wonder how much reference to and i'm not talking direct reference like we're not going to see Konshu in this we're not going to see all the other ones but i wonder how much reference is going to be made by gore of all these other gods that have appeared uh even Dor- you know something like dormammu right like how many gods are going to be referenced by gore and basically is, is he going to have a hit list of who to go and kill in the mcu yeah, it'll be interesting. You and I were talking just before we were recording, and um, you had one in your notes here where you were saying you saw a shot late in the trailer where Valkyrie fights Gore, or at least tries to hold him off with Zeus's lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. And then, then you said, does Gore kill Zeus? And I'm thinking that's highly likely, um, only because you wouldn't cast... Um, an extra god in a movie filled with gods and people that we've kind of grown to uh, learn and to grow with. Like, we, we, we've grown with their characters. Um, we've learned a lot about them. They've grown as characters. Um, you wouldn't cast just a one-off kind of god if you weren't planning on kind of showing off Gore's seriousness mm-hmm. is that that the right way to put it like the the fact that he's the real deal it's like it's like um it, it's like the 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 show of power with hella you introduce hella we get it it's kate blanchett she looks great she's a phenomenal actress you destroy mjolnir in the first two seconds of her being on screen which makes everyone kind of shit themselves and go mm-hmm. oh okay she's she's here okay yeah no she she's a threat okay like there's no better way than to have Thor go on this mission, go on this great adventure, and every time he leaves a planet or every time he goes somewhere, a god dies, like behind him or something. And Gore is like on his 
rampage on his path. Now, I'm wondering if he has, like, a Thanos-type arc where something happened to him in the past where, like, it was Zeus, maybe, um, that, you know, killed his family or killed somebody by accident or something like uh, a, a great disaster happened and he asked a god for help and the god said, that's beneath us or something, or we don't meddle in the affairs of man. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, you went there. You said it again. I, I went there because the gods do that. If mm-hmm. I hear that line in this movie, I might, I'm not going to leave. Okay. But I may just get upset. <laughs> but but if there is one line that we do hear in this movie, and I'm just, again, I'm just hypothesizing, manifesting into reality. I mean, I know Taika Waititi is not going to go and reshoot just because, you know, what some idiot in a basement says on a podcast. But hear me out on this one because. Hey, know, hey, hey, don't knock us. We're charting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the way, but uh, anyone who's been listening to us on Good Pods, thank you so much. Uh, it is really, really great to see this show start to climb up some of the charts. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for listening in. It is wholeheartedly appreciated here um but we talked about loki potentially being in this movie and the possibility that it could be sylvie imagine if if i if i might moot an idea here imagine if it's you know jane thorster and sylvie loki teaming up in order to to dispatch gore the god butcher and it's sylvie that deals the final blow and she gets to say you will never be a god echoing Loki Odinson's line from when Thanos killed him. Tell me that, that is, wouldn't just that be like, is better written than any Sony movie ever. <laughs> um, uh, no, that's not, seriously, that's not exactly yeah, a hard high bar to hit. No, I Wiss, I'm actually really proud of you, man. That's that's I like that. I got goosebumps just listening to that. I think that's a nice way to mirror and a great way to pay homage to the character. And all the lore that came before it. I think Tom Hiddleston would be proud of that, too, if that were to happen. Because mm-hmm. um, I know he loves Sophie DiMartino in that character, and, and he can't wait for more. Um, having said that, the more I think about it, I'm thinking it, it's more... It's probably the front runner would be Beta Ray Bill, only because in the comics, it requires three versions of Thor to defeat Gore the God Butcher. And I'm thinking, okay, we got Jane, we got Thor... If they had Beta Ray Bill, it would be pretty darn close to the comics where you have three Thors, all super powered, having to take down Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be the second Batman villain that we get in the MCU. Oh, I can't wait for uh, Robert Pattinson to be a bat, uh, a big villain in the MCU. Can't wait. <laughs> That'll be a future fan cast Friday, I think. Which villain would Robert Pattinson? Uh, you know, I kind of like that for another episode. I'm going to do that next week. Now. Yeah, sure. Let's no. do that. <laughs> let's, let's do it next week. I love it. Uh, where's our Where's our Adam West when we need him? No, um, but, but what villain could Walker Scoble play in it? No, no. no. <laughs> still, he's still push. He's still repping him, huh? Oh, fans! If you if you get that joke, it means you've been here since day one, and we love you. So <laughs> right. Um, one hypothesis, uh, uh, you know, hypothesis that I put out there too in our notes is that. Um, obviously, MCU tradition, there's usually some kind of post-credit or mid-credit scene that kind of sets up the future of that section of the franchise. Um, is there a possibility? Because, you know, we've just hypothesized that Zeus is pretty much going to get his his gore handed to him. Um, but... <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> does Do we get a post-credit scene where, you know, Hercules blames Thor for not saving his father Zeus do we get a Hercules kind of post credit scene or mid credit scene setting him up in the future of the MCU like do you see a Hercules somewhere in the, the grander scheme of phase four or five and beyond 
You remember a couple episodes ago, I said, oh, there's no way, there's no way this could be Hercules in this movie, no chance, and now that I've seen a teaser and a trailer, and you were you were championing this a while ago, you were like, oh, we need to get Hercules, we need to get that, like, they're doing the Greek pantheon, they're doing, they're doing all the gods, they're doing Gore the God Butcher, like, it would just make sense for an origin story, I kind of agree with you now, actually, like, now that I've seen um, Zeus and the whole world around him, I'm thinking it's almost a waste if you don't introduce him mm-hmm. that's exactly right like it, it, it's it's canon it's canon in the comic books you know hercules was at one time a member of the avengers um yep. he's been in the cartoons he's been in the comic books like th- this is a known thing so the, you know, the animated hercules movie is a disney movie too i'm pretty sure it's a walt disney pixar yeah. one of the one of the first ones no, no, you put it's, that no, it's not it's not pixar it, they, this was before Pixar came. Oh, in. This, it was before this, Pixar. This yes, was cell yes. animation. Uh, but hopefully would you put it in the MCU part of uh, Disney Plus <laughs> if he gets introduced? Uh, no, and I definitely <laughs> wouldn't put the the Dwayne Johnson starring oh, Hercules no, no, film no. anywhere near anything. No. no, I think that was made by 21st Century Fox, though. Oh, shamefully so. Shamefully that means Disney so. owns that too. Disney just owns everything. Just assume. Rule of thumb, fans: if you're not sure of who owns it, Disney. Disney yeah, probably much. does. Yeah. That that that's going to be the answer to everything in about twenty five years in the future, right? Disney, Seriously. Disney is the OCP of everything. Disney, Tesla, or Apple? It'll come down to three companies. That's that's pretty much it. You know, you're going to have to kind of redraw the map eventually. There'll be new versions of risk. You know, this country is Disney. This country is Apple. This country is Can you imagine, like, countries sponsored by, like, Canada sponsored by Marvel? Like, (laughs) brought to you by uh, Verizon Wireless. No, 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 no. If if Canada was going to be owned by anything, it'd be Rogers. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. But No, it would be MLSE, right? Or it would be, like, like a joint venture, right? Because they, Rogers and Bell are... Hand in hand, right? But, but, but Canadian National, CN. Yeah, the, I could see that. Then the tower would make sense. Now, now that we're yeah. done privatizing Canada here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not uh, trying to promote communism at all. Why would we do that? Why Wait, would we do that? Does does that make war uh, a hostile takeover? No, it's more of a wreck and leisure. Uh, um, okay, done and done. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a regular Saturday in Russia, right? Uh, but oh boy, but oh geez, you went there, didn't you? I, oh, <laughs> so let's let's get moving on here. So okay, but Thor. okay, so you say Hercules is going to be in this movie? Do you want to? I don't know. Skip to the end, and then we can go back into the news. No, 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 no. We must save that. We'll come back. We'll come back to this. We'll okay, come back we'll circle back around. Oh, by the way, now that you you are intrigued, yes, we have something Thor-related-ish, possibly, maybe, at the end of the show, so you definitely want to stick around. Uh, but Thor wasn't the only trailer that was released this past week. We had a new look at Miss Marvel, showcasing more of her powers, uh, more of the world that she's getting. But one thing they really haven't shown us yet is... What's the conflict aside from, hey, I have these powers and how is this going to affect my life kind of thing? Like, there's no villain yet i know what it is i know who it is who acne oh you went there bullies high Mm. school her guidance counselor her college courses that she needs to prep for (laughs) i don't know i really don't know i i I do bring this up because uh there were some set photos that, that were that were shown on twitter of um alicia rainier uh who is in the show and quite a bit of it 
but her role has not been listed. However, she was seen wearing like a bulletproof type uh, type vest with you know, none of the the, the the armor and kind of thing with nice written on it. N I C E. And if you take a look at the IMDb website for Miss Marvel, there's someone listed as a nice agent. So nice is clearly an organization in the MCU world. But the question is, what is nice? Now, I did a little bit of search in this, and this may be stretching a little bit here, but hear me out on this one okay uh it was rumored that alicia rayner is is going to be playing the head of aim advanced idea mechanics um and while nice obviously doesn't go well with aim however there was an organization in marvel comics called the new intelligentsia so there's the first there's the n and the i of nice who was a member of both aim and the new intelligentsia in the comic books oh can i take a guess all right, go for it. I want to guess. I want to see if we're thinking the same person here. All right. When you were telling me Alicia Rainier is in this, mm-hmm. I thought, hey, she looks a lot like Monica Rappuccini. No. That's not what? what I'm that's not oh, what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Because Monica Rappuccini, famously in the comics and in the Avengers video game, helps design uh, MODOK. Mm-hmm. And there's who I'm po- was about to point out because... Modoc was part of both AIM and the New Intelligentsia. So I have a feeling that this is going to be setting up Modoc. And this might be a reason why uh, the Modoc on Hulu series was canceled. Because why would you ha- why would you introduce Modoc into the MCU and at the same time have a show on your same streaming service making fun of the character you just introduced? Now, I personally got a, a slight chuckle out of Modoc. It wasn't as funny as I hoped it was going to be. And this is nothing against Patton Oswalt and the team that put the show together. It's just that I just, it, it, it didn't do it for me. That's just me personally. But it would make sense that if they canceled this in order to be able to properly use Modoc without at the same time um, dissing Modoc. Like, Modoc's an interesting character. You have a floating head with tiny little dinosaur arms yet really powerful and really important in the world and you want to make sure that he's there i like the fact that you mentioned the marvel avengers game because in that game you're dealing with you know modok from before he turns into giant head creature with tiny dinosaur arms into eventually what he becomes so i wonder if we're going to get that kind of um transition or evolution of modok or at least the beginning of the evolution of modok it's it's funny you say that and you bring all this up because Modoc for a long time hasn't been done right. Uh, he's been played for laughs in cartoons. Um, he's been the odd one. They've always voiced somebody kind of weird for him. I actually think the best adaptation to date, well, aside from the comic book adaptation, which you know you can put your own voice to. I'm sure everyone had a little monstrous voice for Modoc. Um, was the <laughs> Avengers game? I actually think they did Modoc pretty solid in that um he didn't last very long spoiler alert if uh if you haven't played that game yet it's been yeah, out thanks, for a while thanks. i haven't though, made so. it that far spoiler shut the hell <laughs> get out of here with this buddy go, there's go, two spider-man games go finish them both all right go back to your computer sex jokes here and stop ruining my game <laughs> jesus no i i actually think the the uh avengers video game was probably the best adaptation of modok to date I don't know, though, how they're going to be able to do it in the MCU. I, I, I'm i optimistic, but I'm not 100% sure that they're going to be able to do it the same way just because they're very quippy. 
and they're very, they try to get jokes off all the time, and they try to keep it lighthearted. How can you have somebody that's so big in the head and not say, oh, it's going to go to his head, or make all these jokes about him having a big head? Like, it's it's almost like his, his, he's, I, I thought he was rumored to be in the next Ant-Man movie, I which would have made sense to me, because that movie would probably be a good place if you're going to use him as a one-off comedy villain. Like... You know, if the CG is fine, like you cast somebody who could carry it, maybe you cast Patton Oswalt, maybe you canonize the uh, the crappy animated show. Who knows, right? They've technically canonized Inhumans at this point, so I guess everything's on the table. Okay, but for for, for argument's sake here, and, and yes, I completely hear what you're saying. Um, as far as you, it it could be very hard to do Modok, but the MCU has already proven that they can take a character who, you know, if you take it straight from the the, the the cartoon or the comic books, it would be hard to do. Uh, might I point out Arnim Zola, which I think was a perfect way of transitioning Zola into, um, you know, the, the, you know, the Captain America movies, like as far as um, the Winter Soldier went, that was a great way of transitioning that. And then, of course, they played it as well in What If. It wasn't, you know, the 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 walking automaton with the face on the chest kind of thing. It, it was a really good way of doing uh, of doing Zola. Uh, I think Modoc can be, you know, adjusted in a way that works in the MCU. But if, if you're going to use Marvel Avengers, the video game as the template, which hero is up front and center? Like your first playable character in this game, it's Kamala Khan. So it makes sense that, you know, they, they've already established that, that, that Kamala Khan is an Avengers fangirl. Um, the, the, the entire Avengers game starts uh, with, with her at like Avengers Day celebration and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an Avengers Day celebration festival thing that she goes to just to establish the fact that she's such a fangirl aside from, you know, the Captain Marvel poster on, on her wall in the trailer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised because it is a good game and it's well received and it's, they're still putting content into it as far as uh, DLC and whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised if they're taking some of the stuff that worked from that game, putting it into the show. This is maybe how we get to a MODOK in the MCU. And if that's the case, people are going to sit there and go, wow, this was a much better show than I thought. Like it looks good. And of course, the big knock will be that well, her 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 powers aren't comic book accurate. Well, we've we were already going to get a stretchy guy in in Mister Fantastic in an eventual Fantastic Four film. Uh, we don't really need a second stretchy person. I think the way they're doing it with these bands and however they're going to explain that is going to work very well because we're still getting like the giant hand powers, if you will, that she has, just not in a stretchy human embiggen kind of thing. It's grown on me. Her powers are grown on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I understand the reasoning why. Um, I'm not totally missing the embiggening thing. Like, I, I'm thinking about it logically right now. The reason why they made her powers to touch more cosmic, and she says the line in the trailer, "It's like mm-hmm. a thought come to life." That is that is essentially what her powers are. She can just morph her body into what she's thinking, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's not really that far off. They're just trying to make it a touch more cosmic um, because she's supposed to be in the Marvels, which is coming out like next July or something. Uh, and it's, she's going to be alongside Brie Larson and um, the actress that I still can't name. It's been <laughs> a couple Rambo. weeks now. I know right? the one that's playing Monica Rambo. I feel bad. Yeah. She's very talented. I should know her name. Darn Damn it. it. Do your homework. <laughs> yeah, I don't do but, enough. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned this, though, is that... 
this is not the first time someone has said the word cosmic in the MCU. Yeah. So I am curious. I mean, obviously we're, we're dealing with Kang as the, the greater threat as far as this current, uh, you know, wave of you all these 10 years. Um, I wonder if somewhere down the road we will get a Galactus. You have to think that if they, if they ever sit there and say, we've got another 10 years left and that's it. Galactus has to be the massive end game. Galactus has to be like the, the, the one that you would sink. bring Robert Downey back for. Yeah, the, the kitchen sink of all movies, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it would have and, to be the one that you reach into the other universe that, you know, the Illuminati wasn't plucked from. Um, and you, you know, you pull that black bolt. You pull, you know, another character. You pull like that Captain Marvel. You pull, you know, Wanda's from a bunch of different universes. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be cool. Maybe you pull out the the Iron Man that, that actually was, you know, got the power cosmic from Galactus and became the Iron Herald. That would be yeah. an interesting way of doing it. A nice gold um, armor. And you could you could do Tom Cruise for it. I don't really care to be honest. He's just a really busy guy. Like I heard that they had a whole scene planned out for him in Doctor Strange 2 and they had to they had to cut it not because of time or anything. I think he was genuinely going to be in it. He was going to be the guy behind the Ultron bots. Um he was filming either Mission Impossible or Top Gun or like, name all these movies that you're seeing him in trailers for. They just dropped a Mission Impossible trailer, um, which was shit, by the way. I, I hated it. Um, but that's not not I'm, here nor there. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I gave up after Mission Impossible 2. They're playing on the nostalgia thing. They kept showing me old footage, and there was barely any sots, and the, the music, it just didn't feel like a new trailer. It felt fan-made. Mm. I, I don't know. I, whatever. It, Again, besides besides the point, um, I would I would welcome a Tom Cruise to come back for Iron Man, but or Iron Harold, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, no, Galactus for sure would be an interesting one. Does that mean then that you would want to tease like Silver Surfer or a Harold of some kind in an earlier project? If they're going to do that, I think it has to be teased in the Fantastic Four movie. I wouldn't be Does surprised. It? Maybe or or Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, but if someone yeah. if someone somewhere down the road, or maybe in the Marvels, if someone somewhere down the road name drops Galactus, that maybe Adam be, Warlock might do it. He's, he's a very cosmic thing. They're trying to move away from the Infinity Stones. Adam Warlock was always the protector of the Soul Stone, and if they're not gonna do that or not go that route, they could make him a herald of Galactus. Mm-hmm. And then he's already gold, or or they give him like a buff or something. Um, that would be interesting. And then, of course, he has a he. Has, there's a whole backstory to Adam Warlock, which we'll get into for our when, when they drop a Guardians three trailer. We'll uh, we'll go more into that. But he has like a counter arc named Magus or Magus, which is like a whole evil side to him. Um, but yeah, no, that's that. Uh, we'll talk about it in the future. I. I'm, <laughs> Let's keep me on track here. I, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> oh, the, well, the, there's so much to talk about too. But let's talk That's about the, the future of Marvel because yes. there was also a lot of news that came out about a lot of projects that are in the works, including a Daredevil project. Now, of course, we got the return of Charlie Cox to the world of Marvel when he appeared in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, yep. And when we were talking before we start, we hit the record button, uh, you had mentioned that Charlie Cox is rumored to be in, uh, or at least appear in She-Hulk, attorney at law. I told you, every time I mentioned that show, 
that's how it's going to go down. Um, but the interesting thing, though, is that it's not the same writers as the Netflix show. Uh, they've brought in writers and EPs from the show Covert Affairs, which starred Piper Perabo. Um, I'm curious if that's going to change the tonality of Daredevil and if that's a good or bad thing as far as bringing Daredevil into the MCU. Um, from what I've heard, yes, Charlie Cox is... Yeah, heavily rumored, I think somewhat confirmed, but I guess we'll know when the series comes out. Um, I think he's supposed to be uh, in a courtroom scene in She-Hulk as Matthew Murdock. Um, still no Daredevil yet, but lots of Matthew Murdock. Um, you have to think we're seeing him in the Echo show. That's a very Daredevil-heavy character. Um, and then you have to think... Um, Oh, not not you have to think. There was another report that this Daredevil show is going to pick up exactly where season three left off. Which will be interesting because, you know, I mean, aside from, you know, casting, you know, putting him uh, into Spider-Man and then, of course, putting Vincent D'Onofrio into the uh, the Hawkeye series uh, to go against Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, if the rest of the defenders kind of show up uh, and where they do. I mean, I have a theory about one of the other defenders that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I mean, like with She-Hulk, I mean, you, we know that there's going to be the GLKH law firm um, because there's a GLKH lawyer listed on IMDb. And that's, you know, that's basically like a law firm built into, into Marvel. So, and we know from that, from the She-Hulk trailer that Jennifer Walters is being recruited to join this superhero uh, law firm kind of thing to deal with superhero issues. Um, it would make sense for Matt Murdock to be a part of that organization because who would have sent Matt Murdock to go deal with Spider-Man in in No Way Home? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's a great connection. Right? Because I hadn't thought all, about that. All of a sudden, here's this lawyer that says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to represent you kind of thing. Um, who better to defend superheroes than other superheroes? makes total sense um so that's going to be interesting the fact that it's it's the showrunners from covert affairs uh which in itself was a fun show um it doesn't need to be dark i mean netflix the netflix verse of of of, uh marvel shows was known to be a bit on the darker side of things because of course you had the hell's kitchen um version of the defenders um Aside from a really, really bad Iron Fist. Sorry, I, I, I just can't get over it. I really can't. You're not going to like this, what I have to say, but I, in the last couple of weeks, I've actually kind of come to terms with it. I, I'm okay to give uh, Finn Jones another shot at it. Do you retcon him, though? Do you, do you find a way to change a little bit, you know, and just basically use the multiverse as an excuse to change him up a, butt, a bit? I don't think you need the multiverse at all. You just change him up. You just mm. just do what you got to do, right? Wasn't there there was a character? Oh, Electro, uh, in Spider Man, they just changed. Now, yes, they used the multiverse explainer, mm-hmm. but it was such a thin, flimsy uh, explainer. They just wanted to make him look comic accurate. So honestly, who cares? Like, I don't really care. I'm okay with giving Finn Jones another shot at it. Um, I trust him in Marvel's writing staff in Kevin Feige's hands. Uh, the Netflix shows, as good as Daredevil was, they did not have to check with uh, with Marvel, Marvel Studios. They did not have to check with them on anything. They were given a list of, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, and then you have your creative freedom, Netflix. 
So yeah. those were very self-contained. They were very on their own, and they were clearly trying to build towards a defender show, not anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, they they only made reference to the Battle of New York. They they weren't getting yeah. drop ins like, you know, I mean, with the Agents of Shield, like the, the the first series, you know, you had of course Coulson was in it, um, and then you had. Uh, um, who was it? Lady Sif came into one of the shows, so you had a, a very fleeting uh, connection to the the grander MCU. Aside, but they from, also they had Carson. they had access on ABC Network. They had access to a lot of characters. I think one of the seasons, the main villain was Graviton. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge Avengers level villain. Yeah, huge. And and they, they didn't really do it too much justice. But they also I mean, had the the high or the the King Hydra is one of the. And then there was there was another, like they they had a bunch of great characters. They also did um, Deathlock Project mm-hmm. Deathlock. That's a, those are some big storylines. Like these are these are not lighthearted uh, stories that I thought the Agents of Shield were going to go on. Um, but but Netflix shows didn't have that to pull from. Right? It's hard to do. I I hate that I'm kind of defending Iron Fist right now. Fuck. Um, <laughs> here, no, here I mean are. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do a mystical character on that roster when you have no other mystical lore and characters that you can lean on. It's literally just him and his background. So, yeah, it seemed a little far-fetched that he would, you know, show up barefoot to a company that he allegedly owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, I, I could see if they're going to bring him back, maybe uh, he is sent to to infiltrate the Ten Rings. Um, so then he has to go toe to toe with Shang Chi, and then the two and kind of end up working together in some kind of thing. So maybe that's a Shang Chi too. Who knows? Um, but that would be cool. I would. That I, would be I very could, cool. Yeah, I could mess with that. So clearly, I'm writing everything for the MCU right now because you seem to be agreeing <laughs> with me a lot. So either you're drunk you have good or ideas, sir. <laughs> you have good ideas, and I'm about ten beers in. So and there you, you say there goes. You go. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's also talk Secret Invasion because yes. it was revealed that. Uh, this series is going to take place during the blip, um, which is kind of cool because it's an unexplained, unexplored, you know, five years of MCU timeline that uh, clearly a lot of shit went down. Um, however, although I do now that I'm thinking about it, okay, you know, when you're talking at an idea and then all of a sudden something hits you and goes, Oh, oh, right. So just hear me out on this one here. Okay. First things first. Secret Invasion takes place during the blip, which is interesting because it's got Samuel Jackson in it. But we saw at the end of Infinity War that Samuel Jackson kind of blipped at the end of that movie. So is this a scroll that's in the place of Nick Fury uh, during this show? Uh, what was the question you posed to me before that or was it the scroll that was looking like Nick Fury that blipped away? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, was it a scroll that blipped? Because if you think about uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, right. uh, you know, you had um, uh, you had Nick Fury, and then you had um, oh god, the name escapes me. Freaking Robin Shabotsky, you know. Um, Robin Shabotsky. Uh, yeah, no, Agent you're Hill. close. You're close. Agent Hill. Agent ah, there you Hill. go. Had a boy. Thank you. Apparently, I just had a brain fart there for a second. Um, you had yeah. you had scrolls playing Agent Hill and Nick Fury in Far From Home. So, is it possible that the one that was blipped was actually a scroll, or was it actually Nick Fury? 
But if it was a scroll, why would a scroll have Captain Marvel's pager? But then again, we also know that Captain Marvel helped the scrolls. There's a lot to unpack out of this, and we're still quite a ways away from Secret Invasion. Uh, and we even we don't even know who Amelia Car- Clark is going to be playing in this series. But as I was, you know, kind of talking this idea out in my head, the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. You have Jane Foster. Um, fighting in some weird thing with cars on fire and the whole works. I wonder if Jane became worthy of, of Mjolnir during the blip by fighting through her, her you know, whatever is ailing her. Uh, I wonder if that's during that five-year stretch of time. It's curious because... You know, what else is going on? Why why is this town on fire? And why is she, you know, whipping Mjolnir at, at a bunch of different people? I wonder how much we're going to explore that five year gap. I I'm gonna counter that. Um only on the simple fact that Thor was having a rough go at it during the blip. Um, and he had just lost absolutely everyone in his life. If I were Thor and I was that depressed and that low and I had hit just rock bottom. I think even if things were rocky between me and Jane, I would have gone and tried to see if she was okay. Um, so I feel like we would have known. We would have known if she had blipped or not. And I don't. I don't. I don't think she would have been around. I think she blipped. But to the same token, as well, um, during that five-year stretch of time, right? Um, is that is her ailment? Because you said that you know. Um, you know, she was dealing with cancer in the comic books and that's how, you know, and, you know, that's part of when she became worthy. Um, I wonder if her condition, if that's all he had heard, if that's part of what also drove him to uh, to drink in Endgame. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that's a character arc as well. Like, I know we, we were saying a bit because uh, we noticed that the Korg voiceover, uh, when he's telling the kids the story at the beginning of the trailer, it's in past tense. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, like, does Thor die in this? Like, he's, I mean, he's had a full, complete arc. Like, he's lost everyone. He has the line in Infinity War where he says, what more do I have to lose? And then you have Jane come back, and she's powerful. Maybe she's put in a spot where Thor has to make the sacrifice play, because, you know, what more can he lose? Like, he finally gets her back, and she's cool, and, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I think the writing's on the wall. Well, the, the past the past tense doesn't surprise me so much because if you think about uh the end of end game uh Thor went off with the with the Asgardians of the galaxy um off into wherever they they end up going to Korg you have to think is still at New Asgard so he's probably telling the children of New Asgard that the the tale of Thor even though he's off in space with the Asgardians of the galaxy so you know it's it, I don't think it's a dead thing I think it's you know, Korg is keeping the memory of Thor alive in the in the children's hearts and minds of New Asgard. Yeah, okay. That sure. makes total that makes total well, sense. I mean, if that's gonna be in the first ten minutes of the film, you can't kill Thor in the first ten minutes of the film. Um so there's why not? There, there's all of them. <laughs> he has like four <laughs> costume changes. There's no chance that he dies in the first ten minutes. This, this isn't Masters of the Universe on Netflix where they kill off He Man in the first episode and then it's all of a sudden it's like Skeletor you know with the with the the freaking power yeah right? like, I, I love kevin smith but that was a weird series mm. um speaking of uh new series uh captain carter is said to be getting a live action uh project whether it be a film or a series 
this was one of the, I mean, obviously they spoiled it in the trailer. I'm still not over this, that they spoiled that one in the trailer, but we kind of saw that one coming. Um, Don't like, worry. I'm, hey, I'm just as mad as you are at the marketing of uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. But Haley Atwell, I mean, here's someone who is pretty much almost, that like, was still from phase one. Right, just in different iterations, and when you think about Marvel Television, Agent Carter was a damn good show that that still is heralded to this day, um, as as far as being like as some as some of the output from Marvel Television. Of course, you're also weighing that against the Inhumans, so you know there, there's a there's, there's a there's a bell curve on this one well, here. Technically speaking, the first character to come from a TV show, a Marvel TV show, to the big screen came from Agent Carter. And then the second one, I guess, would have been Anson Mount's Black Bolt. But the first mm-hmm. one was Jarvis, the uh, the butler to uh, Howard Stark. He appeared in uh, Avengers Endgame. Very, very true. Yeah. And that, that character originated in, well, I mean, in the comics, but in that, um, in that Agent Carter show. It was really good, actually. Like, it started with a Marvel one-shot. And then the fans, obviously, that one was the most viewed on YouTube. So everyone was like, oh, like, you know, we wouldn't mind something like a little more. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's difficult. I, I've been saying this for the last little bit. It's tough um, for me, especially as a fan, to get invested in something where I know the outcome of the main character, where the stakes are just not there. It's tough. Like I was talking about this with my dad the other day. Um, cause we were, I was, I was reading a review about Obi-Wan that maybe wasn't so great. Um, and I just said, man, this is the trope that they fall into. Cause we know that, uh, Obi-Wan survives to a new hope. So there's really no stakes in it. And we know that Luke moves on. We know that, uh, uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, they're fine. Like everyone survives to a new hope. So yeah, what they're are the fine stakes? They're char babies. That's the thing. I told him, I said, so. Yeah, yes, no, you're right. Until they, yeah, until, uh, <laughs> yes. But I mean, I just mean like in this series, what are the stakes? And that's that's the difficulty. That's why I love Rogue One so much is because going in, I was like, okay, they're franchising, whatever. And about two thirds of the way through, I'm like, I don't think any of them are going to make that out of this, man. <laughs> I don't I don't think they're going to make a sequel to this movie. It, it seems pretty self-contained. It seems like it, it's, it's continuing the story and it definitely it's it's a great through thread between episode three and four um but i i just i don't know i know i'm getting into star wars territory here but it's it's a difficult thing um if you're gonna do agent carter and we already know that peggy's fine we know that jarvis at some point passes away and tony builds an ai system in his honor we know, mm-hmm. like, we just, there's things that we know. We know Howard Stark wasn't going to die, you know, on that show because they did it in Winter Soldier, I think, around that time. Or not Winter Soldier. Civil War. Civil War, thank you. That was 2016. So that was after Agent Carter stopped airing. Um, but, you know, they, they maybe they were saving that storyline for the movies. I, I, it's difficult. They're very handcuffed, and I'm I'm not a huge fan. If Captain Carter is going to be Captain Carter, the first Avenger, I'm not a huge fan of uh, going back in time at this point. I think we need to push the plot forward, and there needs to be stakes. I can't I can't get invested in stories that aren't invested in me. However, if I may moot another idea, since I'm apparently on a roll as far as writing ideas for the MCU at this uh, point, you're on thin ice there, pal. Watch <clears throat> well, out. I'm, 
I'm about to put my skates on and go skating one more time because hear me out on this because we've been introducing a lot of different characters in the, into the MCU whether they're in development or look to be brought into larger properties and you know we talked a little bit last week about or the, the, the week before about the potential for you know creating a secret wars as far as all these different realms of reality but they keep bringing in all these new characters and then you have to have like new series for the whole thing, which means they're going to be doing a ton of different series or a ton of different movies. But is there a way to introduce a bunch of these heroes all at once in like, in like one series and yet have it not be about them all the time? So hear me yeah. out on this. What one if? Here. Well, there's, there's a what if, yes. But hear me out on this one as far as a live action goes because we know what if is going to be animated again. That's yep. that's that's a given. But rather than do like a Captain Carter series into this series into that series, what if you had a Kang the Conqueror series to help develop Kang? Because where we left off with Kang is that, you know, Sylvie stabs him, uh, the multiverse is completely out of whack, and we get the, the current phase that we're in. But what if you had if by killing Earth School Kang? unleashed all these other kings in different realities you had a king the conqueror series but instead of it being episodic in nature it's more an anthology so each episode is a different universe's kang and each episode kang is going up against a different hero in a different universe and then of course at the end they all kind of converge into one to create this new team not to necessarily defeat kang but at least team up to say okay we have we have one goal we had like we have one mission that mission is stop Kang, you know, which one is whatever, but it's, it's almost an anthology series, kind of like the, the, how Marvel used to have as far as the comic books, like the strange tale series or the tales of suspense or tales of astonishing or whatever they used to call their, their different anthology series. If you had a Kang series, but each episode was set in a different universe with a different Kang going up against a different hero, that would be very interesting. And, and, a break from the, you know, six to nine episode story arc where, you know, you have five episodes of exposition and one episode of action. Here, you could just basically um, encapsulate one different, you know, conflict, but change the hero every time and change that version of Kang for each one. It'd be, I think it'd be interesting at least. I would sooner, I would rather have a live action what if. That would be interesting. Yeah, it's just very, very interesting. I understand why they made it animated. It's so much easier to have so much creative freedom when all you need from actors are their voices rather than their time. They're they're like I say that as if voice acting doesn't require time. I just mean like (laughs) you know you'd have a picture in front of you and you'd have a microphone. Well, but there's there's a lot that goes into as soon as you incorporate video to it where you need to film actors, there's hours of hair and makeup, there's costume design, there's like there's a whole bunch of stuff. And the nice thing about having animators instead of the the many, many uh, brilliant men and women uh, that are on set for a for a film or for a TV series um, is that they can animate ahead of time. And then when you need the actors, it doesn't require as much time for them to uh, act first off characters that they're reprising so they've already done the the you're not introducing new characters to what if 
Um, maybe just different versions of them, but it's definitely based on something they've already done. Um, but I, I would love a, a, a live action. What if of, uh, like, that's where I think Captain Carter, maybe her series would be like a live action. What if, where we get cameos from Hydra Stomper, where we get cameo from, uh, Scrapper, Iron Man and Gamora and Party Thor. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it too with Doctor Strange, how when they kind of fell through the multiverse, there were different, you know, realities, if you will. Like, I don't think we're going to get a paint blotch version of what if, but if you did live <laughs> action, you still could have an animated one because one of the universes that they fell through was an animated reality. So it makes sense that what if could be all these different art styles, both live action and animated. There's There are, there are a ton of different directions they could go to a lot of speculation that could be done, um, but clearly Marvel has this 10-year plan, and it's going to be really, really curious to see kind of where they go with this. But where we're going to go right now is to break, because we still got a lot to talk about on the other side, including some news from the Sony Spider-Verse, uh, some DC news, and of course, as always, our FanCast Friday. So come right back here in about 30 seconds, and we got a lot more to talk about. You've heard it all before. Waste of film. Dumpster fire. How did this even get Train made? Rack. Total garbage. Utterly painful. Worst film ever. But is it really? The show is called It's Not That Bad, and we dare to look at the lowest rated shows and movies and see only the good things. We're looking for A grades and B movies. It's Not That Bad. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Just Another Nerd Show. We were talking a lot of Marvel, but we're not done yet. We're talking Sony Marvel right now because casting has been hot lately. And speaking of hot, we got Celeste O'Connor. She got added to the Madam Webcast. I ask you, Wiss, who on earth that Sony has the rights to? Because that being the operative word. Mm-hmm. Who do you think that she is playing in the Dakota Johnson-led Madam Web movie or series? No, it's a movie, right? It's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. I mean, and that's the thing. Like right now, we know three people that are that is cast in Madam Web. Of course, Dakota Johnson herself is playing Madam Web. Uh, the other two, of course, now is Celeste O'Connor. Who, if you don't know her, uh, go back and watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, which that was a fun movie. Was, I really enjoyed that. But she plays Lucky in that movie, uh, and of course, Sydney Sweeney has been cast. But their roles have not been revealed. We kind of hypothesized as to who Sydney Sweeney could end up playing. Um, but now the, the question becomes, who is Celeste O'Connor playing? But to do that, you have to think about uh, Madam Web herself as a character and what is she capable of doing? So Madam Web basically has the ability to kind of manipulate and cross through the, the multiverse, if you will, because everything's a freaking multiverse these days. But Madam Web is the perfect character to be able to do this, which means you're going to be able to pull from all these different versions of Spider-Man, which they've been doing, of course, with the Into the Spider-Verse, Across the, the Spider-Verse, through the Spider-Verse, everything's a Spider-Verse, everything, every Spider-Verse everywhere all at once kind of thing, um, which allows us to be able to potentially cast, and I'm, I'm going to call it, as she's called in the comic books, so don't, don't, don't hate me on this one, 
she could be the spider bitch. <laughs> Ash- <laughs> Ashley Barton. Now, no, hold on, hold on. Before before you go down that road here, okay, okay. So, literally called Spider Bitch in the comic books. She eventually uh, was referred to as Spider Woman or Spider Girl because you know in in other things because of course, uh, cartoons and video games and all they were aimed towards kids. So of course they had they 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 couldn't call her Spider Bitch. But who is Spider Bitch? She is Ashley. Barton, yes, that is the the child of Clint Barton, uh, who does have um, you know the, the full costume, the whole works. Uh, appeared in like the Old Man Logan comic books and the Old Man Hawkeye. So where did she this, originate, though? Uh, she originated in, and I have to kind of. She is from the alternate future of Earth eight zero seven one two eight, where the supervillains overthrew the superheroes. Which so comic she, book did she uh, debut in? Because if it's not a Spider-Man or Venom property, I don't think Sony has the rights to her. As much as I'd love it, as soon as I heard the last name Barton, I was like, "Mm, if she didn't originate in a Spider-Man or Venom comic, they don't have the rights to even do her. Um, Okay, so she first appeared in Wolverine Volume 3. So it's not even like she appeared in like the traditional Marvel ones. This is kind of more on the Fox side of things. So the fact that Disney owns that, it's one of the things where she could actually probably cross over. She was also a supporting character in the Spider-Verse event series and in Spider-Geddon and Old Man Quill. So, I mean, like there is a possibility that it's there. Um, And uh, it's been... Here's the catcher, though. Uh, it's been hypothesized that she's going to appear in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, and mm. the, the the third movie. So if she does appear in one of those, then it's quite possible that she's going to be Ash Barton uh, in the spider Madam Web as the Spider-Bitch, which I don't know if they're going to call her Spider-Bitch in the movie, but that, then again... That sounds like a character <laughs> from the movie Kick-Ass. <laughs> Spider-Bitch. Right? <laughs> or Hit Monkey, one of the two. Now, um, I, I had a different casting for her. I thought okay. I thought it would be super interesting if she played Billy Morales, which is the younger sister of Miles Morales, known as the Spider Smasher. Hmm. I thought that would be interesting because you could pull her from a different universe. It doesn't have to be the same one as um, the Miles Morales that we've met in the animated movies. Um, but you can pull her from literally anywhere. You can pull her from 838 for all we care. Um, and then basically that's that, right? Um, because if you have a grown-up uh, Billy Morales... In all the uh, comic book art that I'm seeing, she never really gets mm, bigger than 10 in the comics. Uh, So this would clearly have to be an alternate universe one-off type character. Mm. But that's the nice thing about the Spider-Verse and the Madam Web movie is it's going to feel like a Doctor Strange multiverse movie because you're going to see all these versions of characters. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if you saw Gwen Stacy, um, Spider-Gwen, and it was Emma Stone. Like, I, I, I'm i not trying to get anyone's hopes up, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're going to see alternate versions of characters um, that we've become accustomed to or versions from the comics that you're like, ah, this will never get into the motion pictures. You know, it'll, it'll, they'll just never do it. It's too obscure. That's what these Spider-Man movies are for. That's what uh, Into the Spider-Verse was for, right? Was to give us, um, what was her name? Peggy Parker? The oh, Penny Parker. Penny Parker, thank you. And then you got mm-hmm. Spider-Ham, and you have uh, the it's, Nick uh, Cage. Spider-Man Noir, yep. Yeah, and Nick Cage's one where the wind follows me. Like, it, it, okay, cool. But I thought <laughs> I thought it was really, it's, it's a really neat way to showcase 
uh, the background of the comics while, you know, poking fun at yourself because not everything is a slam dunk, right? Like, we know that there's some comic book issues that weren't huge hits. I know the what-if storylines weren't uh, great, but because now that they're taking certain Marvel lore, they're now a smash hit, right? Of course, because they're on Disney+, Plus, right? They're a great thing now. Um, and what was the other one? The Werewolf by Night, the Moon Knight ones. Like, they weren't fantastic, like, well-known comics. Um, but now that, you know, Marvel's becoming more popular, it's it, it, you're able to kind of appreciate them in a different way now. And I, I'd love to see some obscure characters. I think Spider-Bitch would be fun, though, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, the fact that uh, the character was actually in the, uh, the radio drama podcast, Marvel's Wastelanders Hawkeye, uh, which, of course, you can listen to on Spotify and I think on Sirius as well. Um you know, the, the, this character is starting to to get a bit of a following. It's kind of like how you know, all of a sudden, like some characters pop up, and they're there. People are like, "Oh, this is an awesome character. Let's do more of this." Um, but if they do that, then of course that you know, we have to. We already have established that we have a Hawkeye and you know, quote unquote, a Mockingbird as far as the MCU well, goes. Two so, Hawkeyes, right? Right. Well, exactly. We but, have but two not now. To mention, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but we also have two mockingbirds. Technically speaking, if you if you want to count the Adrian Pilecki Shield one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Because, but yeah, that there there is that possibility, and I I do worry about Madame Web though, and it's, it has nothing to do with the actors whatsoever, but it is being written by the same team that wrote Morbius, and that was a steaming pile of crap. Ah. Uh, but I, I also wonder, too, how much of that um, is all the changes that had to be made uh, around Morbius based on the fact that Marvel needed it to do this, that, and the other thing. Like, I wonder if we're going to get, you know, hashtag release the original Morbius cut, which, you know, is interesting in in and of itself because we we talked about this after when we reviewed the movie, how there was, you know, extensive reshoots and redos and edits and the whole works of it. Like how much was in that first original 2020 trailer that didn't show up in the uh in the in the actual movie itself yeah i, I um we, we've had these conversations before but i i sympathize with um or empathize i don't know whichever one um i empathize with um these movies that <laughs> i don't know which one uh, english was not my strong suit okay i think i failed it twice at school it's my primary language so <laughs> anyways um no i i um i feel bad for uh for for these movies that you know filmed at the beginning or, or before covid um, and then had to ramp up, like, I, I use Black Widow as a great example, but now there's, like, Top Gun Maverick, uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies, I think, has been, they didn't start their marketing program, but they've been working on it for a long time, um, Jurassic World, they've been working on for a long time, um, there's just, like, you have to ramp up a marketing campaign, and then you show us a bit of the movie, and then you're like, oh, well, we're actually pushing this back half a year. And then you have to kind of shut down everything. And then in six months, the studio goes, okay, well, let's ramp up marketing again. We have a release date. Then they ramp up marketing and they can't just show us the same stuff. They have to show us some new footage. So they show us some new footage. And then they ended up showing us the post credit scene. Ugh. And then No Way Home came out before Morbius, eventually after all these date pushbacks. 
And then that changed the story of Morbius because they weren't allowed to do certain things because certain things were going to be revealed. So they couldn't change anything. Like it was supposed to, Morbius was supposed to come out in February. No Way Home was going to come out in December. So No Way Home ended up coming out in December. And then things got revealed that Sony didn't really fully know about because Marvel, uh, they um, produced the film and Sony distributes. I believe that's the arrangement that they've made. Um, so, you know, No Way Home came out and they go, oh, well, damage control time. We got to recut the movie a little bit, uh, to make it make sense because it's supposed to be in a linear timeline and we're borrowing a Marvel character, right? Like the, the vulture, that's something that originated in a Marvel Studios movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so they had to kind of retcon it a little bit. I sympathize for the writers. Um, and the director too like i mean you have to think that there there's so much that's probably on the cutting room floor like i i would i would be curious as to what the the first morbius cut would look like and then going back and watching that in the order that it was you know supposed to kind of come out in it's mm -hmm. it, it is a fascinating concept but you have to think that now that you know let's be honest things are now back to rolling rolling along normally for marvel because you know you know, we're pretty much on the other side of the pandemic, even though, you know, any variant could shut things down again. But, you know, that's the fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Um, but but the, 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 the ball is rolling. And you have to think that in those 10 years of plans is, you know, the idea of, you know, incorporating the Sony Spider-Verse into something that would be a Secret Wars. We talked about this, I think, last week where, you know, Arachnia or or whatnot that could be part of the spider-verse and if sony is building their own world that will become part of battle world and secret wars it makes sense so again you've got all these different characters madam web is the perfect place to kind of establish all of that and to bring some of that uh, into the spider-verse um expansion of the spider universe into live action it's funny though that we're talking about the original cut of morbius because on the DC side of things, uh, mm -hmm. you had David Ayer who came out and said that if, because for the longest time, you know, after the, the Snyder Cup became a reality, uh, you had all of a sudden the, you know, let's release the, the, the Ayer Cut as far as the first Suicide Squad film goes. Uh, David Ayer actually addressed this and said that if they wanted to do that, we wouldn't have to reshoot a damn thing. Like, <laughs> he probably has the original cut. You know, on some VHS tape somewhere in his room kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, but the question is, though, do we really want the air cut of the suicide? Like, who is really asking for this? Uh, nobody. You? Yeah. Nobody. Uh, my, my first thought when uh, when, I, when I saw this, the, the hashtag release the air cut. So, okay. If we're comparing this to release the Snyder cut, the Snyder Cut was not at a bad time. People had been asking for it for years, um, and then Zack Snyder himself kind of started to tease things a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the launch of HBO Max, it was a perfect time to give the fans what they want in order to drive up subscriptions. Um, it was in it was during COVID, so everyone was kind of indoors and itching for content. And the story and the through thread of the DC universe at the time had not been pushed forward enough where we weren't still thinking about it. We have another Suicide Squad movie and a spinoff show from said Suicide Squad movie. I don't need 2016's Suicide Squad. 
I don't no. give a shit about the air cut. I don't. I'm sure it's good, but it's too long now. It's too far gone. It's like the story's been pushed forward so much, and DC is such a fucking mess at this point. I don't need it. I don't want it. DC, like, please, have a good Flashpoint movie. Have a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie or or a series or something and blow up your damn universe and start over. It's a mess. But that's besides the point. I don't need a David Ayer cut. I don't. I'm sure it's good. If you want to send it to me personally, I will happily watch it. You want to put it on HBO Max uh, silently, you know, do your thing. I don't need it. I don't need it. This is one of the interesting trends, though, that has been kind of coming up because we know that studios, for lack of a better term, interfere with the production process on movies, whether it's, you know, oh, you can't do this because this is further planned down the road or, you know, uh, focus groups are saying you need to do, you know, have more jokes or you need to lighten the mood or lighten the tone. I mean, I mean, even on my other show, it's not that bad. I mean, there, there have been countless movies where, you know, one external source or another has interfered enough in the process that has changed the original movie from what it was to the crap that it became. Um, but in this case, in this case, I mean, we know, we know that the air, the, the, the first Suicide Squad film went through a number of drastic changes because of the reception to Justice League and, and uh, Batman versus, sorry, uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Because that one bombed, not necessarily bombed, but it wasn't no, good. No, there, there were salvageable parts, and they took advantage of that in David Ayer's Suicide Squad, right? They mm-hmm. saw that people responded well to Zack Snyder's interpretation of a Batman fight scene. So they said, well, let's throw Batman in this. Okay, well, since we're throwing Batman in this, let's take this opportunity to cast a new Joker. Let's, you know, add a bunch of pop songs into it for the sake of adding pop songs into it. Not not for any story-driven reason. Let's just do it because we saw James Gunn do it in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it was just, there was so much meddling that the, that the studio does. Like, keep, keep in mind, folks, when... I never used the word folks. That threw me off. Um, uh, you did. You went there. <laughs> I did. I don't say the word folks. That threw me off my train of thought. Um, no, keep in mind, though, in the post-production process, it takes less time for the creative individuals with their hands on the keyboard to actually work on the film than it does for the studio heads and people who spent zero time on set to review and give their two cents on what they think the film needs. So... Mm-hmm all the creative people who have poured their heart sweat and soul into uh, a project it gets absolutely torn apart by suits absolutely mm-hmm. torn apart and it's not fair to them it's not but very rarely do we get what uh the director truly wants um i like very rarely do you ever buy a dvd um in general but i mean where you buy a dvd and it doesn't have any deleted scenes because there's always scenes that they either had to cut for time or whatever it was. I think the last example of a movie truly being the director's cut, I think, was Avengers Endgame. Where the Russo brothers genuinely used almost every single piece of footage that they had. And even after that, they said, it wasn't the studio head, it was them that said in test screenings, there was one scene that didn't make sense, so they just pulled it. It was the yeah. scene with uh, Tony Stark and his daughter, but his, his daughter was grown up. And everyone was like, who is that? Who is that? 
And they were like, yeah, it just didn't make sense. So we just pulled it. And the movie was great. Movie was great. It was yeah, a little long, but it was great. It was a great homage to 12 years or 11 years of uh, movies before that. It was it was fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road, like they, they re-released the DVD with the air cut. So you get both versions of the film. But the thing is. Maybe not the DVD, but it might go on HBO Max. I could see it going on HBO Max. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, DC is a, a little bit of a lost cause right now because, I mean, like even projects that they just announced and including casting the main characters get killed very, very fast. And the same thing happened with the Wonder Twins. Uh, that movie had Isabel May and KJ Appa uh, attached as uh, Zan and Jaina as the Wonder Twins. And before you even got to sit there and hypothesize what a Wonder Twins movie would look like, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that film. Like that, I, that lifespan of that news, the lifespan of that news felt like it was about half a week. It felt like I got the news. Oh, we're doing a Wonder Twins show or a movie or whatever. And then it was like in the same week, they're like, and we're taking it away from you. Like it was, it was really quick lifespan and they casted them too. Like, Crazy. There were there were celebrity marriages that lasted longer than the Wonder Twins movie. Like I'm just, I'm just saying, there, like, there's a trial that is lasting longer than, than the lifespan <laughs> of this, which of we're this not going to talk about today. But that being said, like the DC properties as far as television and movie goes, um, it it's so disjointed because like on the big screen yes you got Black Adam coming up you you will probably have the Flash movie um, and you know who knows what's going to happen with uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom or whatever uh, and then on the TV side CW just absolutely obliterated their DC lineup I mean, of course Arrow has been gone for a little bit now since the the whole Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover massive special which I think that sh- alone Probably should have been the swan song of uh, the Berlanti verse, if you will. Um, but you know, Flash is pretty much ending. Supergirl's pretty much ending. Batwoman's canceled. DC Legends of Tomorrow is canceled. Like there, there's not much left. The only I, I will give it credit. The only quality piece of CW TV that they have now, and I don't even think it's going to be on CW for much longer. I, I think that they might be exclusively on HBO Max now. But Superman and Lois got really great ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first season, from what I heard, had great reveals, great writing. Um, it was a good Superman story. Uh, Tyler Hecklin, I believe, is the Ka- name of the guy. Kaushalin or something like that, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, very, very talented and very good. The lowest that they got was incredible. The boys uh, that, that that play his sons, awesome. Um, so if you haven't seen that show, uh, check it out. It's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's that's really the only salvageable piece like and and I feel bad that whenever you and I talk about DC it's like we're trying to salvage things from it it's it's mm-hmm. not the way that you're supposed to be talking about a cinematic universe well, the, the, I think the downside with a lot of the content on the CW is that Warner Brothers just, you know, or sorry, Warner Brothers Discovery now uh, just went oh, yeah, through a massive a merger, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so that merger has been ineffectively killed a lot of that DC content. Um, like even in the recent upfronts for the CW network, a lot of it leaned heavily on unscripted content. Uh, another victim of that whole merger was CNN Plus, which like literally lasted for a month. And then got canned because no one had signed up for it, um, which which it just goes to tell you, like, like if something hadn't, you know, 
it was very much the, the what have you done for me lately and these products clearly had not done enough to justify their continued existence as far as the post-merger world of of uh, warner brothers discovery so gone they be i do wonder cause, i mean because there is still room for um for dc content whether it be on hbo max or whether it be in the theaters i wonder though if like you said they need to blow it up i wonder if we need a new 52 as far as yes. dc goes yes and i i wonder if you create a, a like a new 52 series similar to kind of what we talked about with a potential kang series where you're introducing new characters like one episode at a time uh, under the new 52 banner rather than you know sit and shoehorn in 24 episodes of one character into one season and hope that you have enough content for it it's it's an interesting way to do it but dc definitely needs to uh to to kind of pull back you know bring everyone up to a retreat and plan out the next 10 years because clearly that's working for marvel so if the process works for them the process can work for dc so long as they sit back and go where do we want to go how are we going to get there and who which characters are going to bring us there as far as a public interest goes like it like the the batgirl series that's coming up apparently it looks really good but it is where does it sit in the grand scheme of things if the grand scheme of things is blowing up all around it I think to sum up your point, um, the word hope should only be written on Superman's chest and not on the middle of your bulletin board at a meeting planning out your future slate of movies. Um, <laughs> oh, that's it, harsh. It's it's harsh, but like, why do they keep putting out these single projects? And then like, even at the last, um, what did they do? The DC fandom or something? Is that what they, that was what they called it? Yeah, yeah, the um, online, the online uh, convention. Yeah, yeah. It, other than like the Flash movie, I wasn't really excited for anything. Like Black Adam, I'm like, okay, well, it's Dwayne Johnson. I'll I'll go see that. Like, and, okay, and of but course, Pierce Brosnan is Doctor Fate, and that, I'm, I'm that got all me for pretty that. excited as well. That I love him. He's my favorite James Bond. I'll fight anyone on that. Um, but no, it's um, I don't know, like, because there's not. Maybe maybe Marvel has made us acclimated to this uh, society where we expect continuity, but I'm not mm-hmm. seeing much, if any, in um But in to the DC. same token as well, I mean, there's a lot of talk. I mean, like, let's be honest, right? The majority of box office dollars are coming from big budget tentpole movies like a Doctor Strange. Uh, and if you take a look at the the money that Doctor Strange has brought in, you're you're probably looking at anywhere between 900 million and a billion dollars and given the state of things people are like oh they'd only made that much it must be a failure like that's the level that people are expecting out of these comic book movies now to the point of anything less than a billion dollars feels like a failure for a major tentpole comic book superhero film um is that is that too too high a bar to set? Like you no. ha- you have to accept that. No, you know, really. No, because these movies have made it very very clear that they have enough lore to pull from that they can make these rewatchable. So it's not it's not enough to say oh like we made 150 million opening weekend. No, it's how did your second weekend do? And if there's a huge dip like we saw with Doctor Strange, yeah, then maybe. People kind of well. I mean, a lot of the movie got leaked online, and I feel bad for mm-hmm. for them. But I, I I think the day after the the opening night, I saw most clips online. 
I tried I tried not to though. I was like scrolling past it because I, I saw it second day of opening. Um so I, I was trying my best to sift through that, but it's it, it's ridiculous that in this day and age, um the director has to explicitly ask the fans to stay quiet after a movie. I don't understand why I know I got into this like a couple weeks ago, but I, mm. I don't I don't understand why People have no respect for one another, and they have to get content out there. They have to spoil things. They have to be the first. They have to like. I just I shake my head. It's it's <laughs> it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, uh, anyways, it it is because yeah. part of the pro part of the 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 enjoyment of the theater is that crowd reaction that that. You know, that that joyous moment where, like, you know, you've got all the heroes lined up and then Cap gets Mjolnir and he says Avengers assemble and the crowd goes freaking nuts. Like those kind of moments. And when people pull out their cell phones and put the screen caps on, you know, of of all the guest spots on Twitter uh, and spoil the film, you ruin that moment. Like. This is probably why Charlie Cox went to the theater and no one cheered because he was on screen because it wasn't a surprise anymore. Let it be a surprise. Bring back that 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 moment where you, you saw something and you lost your ish because something you didn't expect happened. Yeah. You know, if we know it's coming, we can't enjoy it. Yeah. Like let's let's get back to enjoying the film. Like, I'm with, fully with, with you on that. Can you remember the last time that you actually said "oh shit" in a movie theater? Infinity War. What what was the moment? Infinity War was the only time I've ever walked out of a movie stunned in silence. Like, yeah, it was just, a collective just, silence. I remember that. Yeah, like it was just so like, oh, like just a gut punch of an ending, right? Yeah, like like. You know, just hearing Cap go, "Oh God!" Like, and you you felt that as well. And, and even and at the, the end of the movie, where it said Thanos will return, and you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> right? It was a Thanos movie, like it, that. And the Russo brothers oh, said absolutely that absolutely was. They said it was a Thanos. The originally, in the original cut of Infinity War, they had Thanos narrating, and they, and then I guess the studio meddled with that because they said. Well, if you're calling it Avengers, we can't have it be too Thanos heavy. I was like, man, I would have loved that. I would have loved a, a mm-hmm. Josh Brolin narrated, like even a little longer too. I would have loved to have seen him destroy Xandar. And then they had they had apparently a whole sequence planned out where they he went to Xandar and Richard Ryder Richard Ryder ugh, I can't say his name Richard Ryder escaped, um, mm-hmm. and that was a whole thing. And they they were gonna have John C. Riley come back and. Uh, I don't think they were going to have Glenn Close because I think at this point they had transitioned to John C. Riley being the Nova Supreme. Or sorry, mm. oh my God, I can't speak right now. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really great moment too. I know a lot of people cheered in my theater for when Thor arrived in Wakanda. Um, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a pretty good one. The bring me Thanos. Um, I don't know if it was an oh shit moment, but I was definitely cheering when the portals opened like that was a pretty darn cool moment um we were cheering when andrew garfield stepped through the portal um i said oh shit when reed richard showed up i that was a whole, that was at left field <laughs> that was really cool too and it's like apparently he wasn't even first choice did you hear the the their first choice who daniel craig and the no. only the only thing that stopped them 
from casting him was his schedule for uh, Knives Out 2. Yeah, he, see, he I couldn't think they do made it. the right choice. I well, think they made so the right choice. So then they went with their second choice. And I believe at this time, because you go back and you watch John Krasinski's web show, um, Some Good News, which, by the way, uh, what a beautiful human being doing that during COVID is just giving us good news um, at a time where we really needed it. Um, he he was kind of like giving us his gym face every time he talked about Marvel. He's like looking at camera and he's like, I know something you don't like who's that look. And of course we're all like, Oh, he's just fucking with us. Like, cause, cause he knows that everybody's fan casting him and Oh, it would be so great. Like, Oh, whatever. And meanwhile, he was definitely in Kevin Feige's pocket at that point. So <laughs> I, I have to point out, I read this story online today about, um, as we were, you know, preparing to, uh, to record the show. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, from Jurassic World, and of course, director from uh, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Um, apparently, there have been rumors on on some websites that that have put her in the casting realm for Sue Storm. And apparently, someone went up to her at like some convention with a with a Funko Pop of Sue Storm and said, like, you know, I, you know, I I hear you're going to be Sue Storm. Can you sign this? And she's like, Yeah, no, I'm 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 I hear all these rumors and no, it has nothing to do with me. But I'll sign this anyways. Why not? Like, I I'd be curious what a Bryce Dallas Howard in the MCU would be like, but I don't picture her as a Sue Storm. I will say that if they ever wanted to cast an adult version of Squirrel Girl. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard would actually be a fun choice for her, but not as a Sue Storm. Interesting. Not as a Sue Storm. Interesting. I know, I know the the you know the going the going uh, fan cast for a Squirrel Girl would be Melina Vaintrub because of course she has voiced her uh, in cartoons and in this you know new podcast series that they've done for Squirrel Girl. But I could I could see an adult version of Squirrel Girl. Um, being cast as Bryce Dallas Howard, but all right, Wes, you got me in the mood. We've we've talked about fan casting enough. Let's let's just play the music. This week, it's fan Friday. It's time for fan Friday. Yes, that's right. It's fan cast Friday, and this week, it's no surprise. Uh, we teased it at the top of the show. It's Zeus's offspring. That sounds awful. Zeus's son. Is that nicer <laughs> to say? Zeus's son. The, the son of Zeus. Son of a Zeus. Uh, son of a <laughs> bitch. He's a big boy. Uh, Hercules. We don't know if he's in Thor Love and Thunder. We hope. Uh, we can fan cast and we can pray. If you're into that sort of thing, we We can can do whatever the hell we want. Um, But we hope that Hercules makes an appearance at some point. Um, He was, of course, an Avenger at a point in the comics. Um, He is arguably the strongest Avenger, but I'm sure Thor will give him a run for his money. And and um, And many Hulks, many Hulks will disagree with that one. as uh, well. Absolutely. So you and I had some fun with this one. We uh, we we each picked somebody that we thought um, would be really great to play Hercules and I'm not gonna lie at a first glance Thor or at a first glance Wiss I think we both nailed it in our own way I think both of our guys would uh each bring something unique to the role I love mm-hmm. your pick I find it ironic that your pick's name his nickname is Thor 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's because my choice to play Hercules, and I hope I get this name right, is Hathor Julius Bjornsson. And if the name sounds familiar, the that's mountain. because i The Mountain <laughs> from Game of Thrones. We are talking a mountain of a man here, like six foot nine. If you see him walking a- around with a small blonde lady, no, that's not an Oompa Loompa. That's his wife. <laughs> he is a tower of a man you know but but here's the thing it's it's not just that he was in game of thrones playing the mountain uh he was also recently in the northman um uh, that movie with uh, alexander skarsgård and um uh, anya taylor joy like he is like there there's no question whatsoever he is a physical presence on screen like there is no cgi needed to get this guy to look taller and bigger than everyone around him and if you're casting someone to be an imposing figure um in comparison to the rest of the cast i mean i, I think everyone looks meager in comparison to to have thor julius bjornson and i i mean I mean, Hercules it's, is only supposed to be like half a foot shorter than Hulk, right? So I think, yeah, Thor, I think uh, Bjornsson's a pretty good pick, actually. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think about like the the size difference that we saw between Hulk and Thanos in uh, in Infinity War, yeah, has to be up there. And I could easily easily see him in the MCU. Um, you know, he's proven he can act. He's proven he's he's huge and you need an imposing presence for a Hercules, but you went another direction with your choice. Yeah, I I picked uh, Joe Manganiello who has a little bit of comic book history. He is a bit of a nerd himself, but the guy is just shredded. Like if you're going to go with a comic book look for Hercules, the guy has to have his shirt off the entire movie pretty much. Uh, and then you give him like a strap that goes across. Joe Manganiello has like a perfect, per- like I know I know actors get into shape for roles, and I'm sure like uh, Bjornson would uh, get a little more cut for the role. But holy crap, Manganiello is just like, and and he's got great personality too. I could see him playing off of like a Chris Hemsworth really well he's done some great pieces he used to be on how i met your mother so he has range from like sitcoms he was cast as deathstroke as short-lived as that was and he was going to be the main villain in the, in the ben affleck batman movie like he's got mm-hmm. he's got some some dramatic range and uh he's also he's also on true blood as well yeah and he's also not a small man like i know your guy is is huge Joe Manganiello is, I think, 6'4", 6'5". He's a pretty Mm -hmm. big guy, too. Now, if he doesn't get cast as Hercules, now that I'm looking at him all scruffy and everything, he'd make a pretty good Wolverine, too, actually. (laughs) He he would make an absolutely great Wolverine. But the thing with Wolverine, though, is he needs to be shorter because, you know, Logan himself is not exactly the tallest, uh, you know, tool in the shed. I know, but if you had to give that up, we we gave it up for years and we, we were blessed with Hugh Jackman's role. Like, mm-hmm. if you have to sacrifice one thing for a better performance and you get an iconic role such as Wolverine, like, Hugh Jackman killed it. I feel bad for whoever has to do it next. It's it's like uh, Jared Leto was the first Joker after Heath Ledger, right? Mm. I, I feel bad I mean, that he was compared to Heath Ledger, but Heath Ledger killed it on the first try. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of want to be the guy who who gets cast as Batman after Val Kilmer because you can only go up from there. Um, sorry, George Clooney, you failed to go up from y- yeah, there. Yeah, you want to be um, the set designer that has to work after the Bat uh, credit card. Yeah, no, and no, and 
No. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think both of these choices, like I, I think Joe Manganiello was was a phenomenal choice as Deathstroke. Like it was, like that was perfect. He was perfect great. casting. Yeah. Like very similar to the guy who was in Arrow as Deathstroke as well, as far as a, a look goes. Um. So yeah, I think it'd be great to have him in the MCU. Um. I I do. I think I think he would make a a, a much better wolverine even though he's too tall for wolverine um but i think either of these choices if you put them in as hercules and you put hercules into the mcu um you're not going to go wrong but if you agree with me or if you agree with kevin you can actually find us on twitter at another nerd show we're going to put out the picture so you can see what hercules looks like in the comic books and then pictures of our choices and then let us know if you agree with me or kevin or you have your own choice at another nerd show on twitter join in people have been starting to kind of join in with the fancast fridays and it is fun to see how everyone kind of chimes in there's there were a few of them uh last week that i think we almost had like an equal split as far as our choices for the beyonder um so it was it's really cool to hear from you guys who are listening to the show uh we'd love to hear from you we want it we want to hear more from you uh and if you have your own casting choices please we'll pop it in there and we'll talk about it on the next show um kev you know what next week is, though. You know what next week next is. Next week's a big one. Um, I will say, Wiss and I have not fully decided on yet what we're doing with uh, Obi-Wan. There's rumblings that you might get an extra episode this weekend. You might get a bonus. Yes, um, but we're not sure. So what's on tap for you, the fans, uh, is two episodes on Friday, May 27th. You get the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. Then, uh, I believe the, not the following Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, I think, is Miss Marvel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like, the, the, we don't have to wait long. Yeah. And, it, and it makes sense, because um, Obi-Wan, we know for a fact, is only going to be six episodes. So, they're dropping two this week, and then, you know, every Wednesday after that, like, it, it's not going to be long. Like, I think, we got, I think we get overlap from, like, the last episode of Obi-Wan and the first episode of Miss Marvel. So, yeah. Disney Plus is just, like, you know... <laughs> Disney Plus is spoiling the crap out of us as yeah. far as content goes and thank you Disney Daddy for you know for making <laughs> Disney Daddy <laughs> Walt Daddy right <laughs> Walt Daddy Walt Daddy well, well there it is <laughs> ne- next week as well we will go in depth in our Top Gun in the Multiverse of Mad Maverick uh no wait that's not a thing that's, no, that's not a thing. That's not a there's thing. no there's no multiverse. There's there there's just one Tom Cruise. Although Jurassic Park or the Maverick. Jurassic World movies give me multiverse vibes. My dad even asked me after seeing Doctor Strange, he's like, "So they're from the same universe, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure they established that Jurassic Park came first, then Jurassic World was like a copycat park." And I'm like, yeah, "That's yeah. why those people are old now because it's in the past and He's like, yes. And, and you did have certain actors. That was like BJ Wong was in the original and in Jurassic World. So there is that crossover. It is the same universe. But yes, we are, we are going to soon get to see the curtain call of the Jurassic World franchise and to have kind of everyone come in. I think that's going to be like a really cool moment. But we'll we'll talk about that when that movie kind of hits. It'll be a portals uh, thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, but definitely, definitely stay tuned to our Twitter account at Another Nerd Show. We have been discussing potentially dropping a bonus episode this week, talking about those those first two episodes of Obi Wan. Uh, but we'll let you know on Twitter if we, um, you know, decide to wake up that day and uh, and start podcasting again. Um, but in the meantime. Thank you for listening to us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, 
good pods uh tune in radio uh someone else's iphone doesn't really matter however you're listening to us thank you so much for tuning in this is another nerd show he's kev i'm jay until next time uh fuck until off next time- <laughs> <laughs> everyone fuck off no is it no, no we'll no, see you no, next no. week everyone stay uh, care stay care no stay safe and take care <laughs> we fuck. we can't close the show <laughs> we can't do <laughs> We're it we're like the Fast Tune and Furious in. franchise. We just can't finish. <laughs> Tune in next time when we learn how to speak English. Take care, Nerd Nation. We'll see you next time. Take care.